previously on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, Bill and Fro talked about a controversial episode. And now part two, Bill and Fro talk another controversial episode. <laughs> hey folks, welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. Bill here along with Fro once again. You know, Howdy. You know, it kind of feels weird, Fro. Um, I, I, I know it's been one week since the last episode, but mm-hmm. it feels like we never left. It feels like uh, two minutes. Yeah, it kind of does. Hmm. Weird. It is. All right. So we are going to talk about episode 201, in, which is entitled 201 momentarily uh but i do have a question i think i know the answer to this fro but i'm going to ask it to you anyway Mm -hmm. when you watched uh last week's episode and Mm -hmm. the one that we're about to talk about Mm -hmm. was it on a dvd or was it through the internet through the internet okay I happened to watch this by DVD because I bought Mm -hmm. the season 14 DVD. It was like 10 bucks. The reason I'm pointing this out for those that have not seen this on DVD or Blu-ray is because before the, before the episode even begins, Oh, there's a disclaimer? There is a disclaimer. Oh. And it is up on uh, Wikipedia, and I would like to read this to you guys. This is what it says on the DVD and the Blu-ray before the episode airs. The following episode appears as it originally aired on April 21st, 2010. After it aired... Matt Stone and Trey Parker released the following statement and then shows the original message that was released after the episode aired. Consequently, Muhammad, his name, and the speeches that we'll get to are still censored as in the broadcast version. Although the end speeches are still censored, the bleeps are accompanied with music on DVD unlike the April 21st airing, which featured a raw audio bleep. What does that mean? What, the raw audio bleep? No, no. Uh, Does it mean that it plays music instead of the bleeping? No. On the DVD? The bleeping bleeping is there, but there's music in the background. So, like, you, you know, like how, like, on TV shows... Um, like those family shows from like the eighties and nineties when they're doing like that speech at the end and they're playing some serious music in the background. Do you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? They Mm -hmm. they have that music. Basically they did that. Okay. So, and later on in this review, I will read what, was censored in the 
you know, I learned something speech of this episode. So if you have never heard this, be prepared. For Who has heard it? Nobody, right? I don't think too many people have heard it. I've yeah, because there is no uncensored version out there. Um, well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because there was a point. I want to say, oh, God, and I saw this, too, the other day. I think it was like 2014 or something where the uncensored version was up on the Internet, but then got taken down right away. I'm 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 not sure. I I could be wrong on that. So, now that we've said that and now that we know how Fro and I watched this, mm-hmm. let's dive into this week's episode 201 because there's a lot that has there's a lot is got to get finished and a lot that's got to get covered. I have a question before yes. you, you, we start. Do you think this or the last episode is the most controversial? I, I think it's this. I Yeah. Now, now that yeah. you're mentioning it, I think it is this one. Yeah. Because of how they... Um, I mean, they, they more or less made an episode... Uh, that they knew were going to be uh, edited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And this is season five, right? Season fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Sorry. Yeah, and we're actually almost at the halfway point of season fourteen, which is kind of surprising. You know, I'll I'll say that real quick before we get into this episode. I am always amazed especially these last few years, these last few seasons where I watch them. And by the time I get to the halfway point, I'm like, holy shit, we're at the halfway point already. (laughs) It's true. It really is true, folks. You have no idea how, you know, it just flies by. Okay. So this episode originally aired April 21st, 2010, was written and directed by Trey Parker. Our episode begins with a flashback to 1972, Saigon, as Time of the Seasons by the Zombies are playing. And it's about Mitch Connor. And apparently Mitch Connor was in Vietnam. <laughs> This was just stupid, but it was funny. Um, so we get the flashback, and now we're back to Cartman and Mr. Garrison. And Mr. Garrison flat out refuses to tell Cartman who the father is. But there is one person that can tell him. Who that is, we'll find out in a moment. Meanwhile, the gingers are still waiting for the townspeople to show them Muhammad. 
and they're like, show us. We want to see him. And they're like, well, oh, okay, if, if you want. So the, the zipper on the mascot costume starts coming down. You see a hand. The costume comes off, and it's Santa Claus! Ding, 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 And the gingers are not fooled. Although Mr. Hanky is there, and he's like, well, we at least tried. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. It, it was. It really was. It was a nice ending, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. So, now, Mecha Streisand comes in, and she starts destroying everything, and everybody is running. So, now we have, among many things, a new issue. Where is Muhammad? Where is he? Mm-hmm. So, Mecha Streisand is destroying the town... She destroys the Casa Bonita. And at one point, we see Pip. Remember Pip? And he's like, Hey, Baba, Baba Streisand, please don't destroy this little town. She steps on him and kills Pip. A moment of silence for Pip. Moment over. So Stan and Kyle go to Ken. <laughs> Stan and Kyle go to Kenny, and they're like, "It's so funny." They're like, "Where is he? Where, where, you know, where did you go with him? He's in a bat, like a porta potty or a locker. Mm-hmm. It's very weird." And then this is where you see the censored box of Muhammad. And like I said, if you watch it on DVD or Blu-ray, it's gonna be there. The whole time. Meanwhile, we go to the lab of Dr. Mephisto, who we have not seen in God knows how long. Maybe like season five-ish? Maybe? So, as he's working on a project, the door knocks. And... He opens the door, and we get one of the funniest but wrong scenes of this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Because it's a man who needs help. So he opened Dr. Mephisto opens the, so, the little slide door, and it's Mitch Connor, the hand puppet, in quasi-blackface, trying to fool him, like, yo, you gotta let me in. My legs are broken, my van, or my car is broken down, I need help. I need to have a fo- I need to call somebody. And Dr. Refesto's like, you know, there's a, there's a gas station about a mile and a half away. You could go over there. Oh, you're not gonna help me. I thought it was all gonna change when Barack Obama was president. He can't even help a black man out. All right, I see how it is. And Mephesto's like, oh, all right, you got me with the Obama part. So he opens the door and Cartman gets in. 
So now he's got Dr. Mephisto kind of trapped. And he wants to know who his father is. The devil! (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Right. Yeah. Just as he's about to say something, Stan, Kyle, and Kenny run in with Muhammad Mm -hmm. because the door was left open. And they are like, you gotta help us. We, we, we've got an idea. We think we can do something to help give Muhammad to the celebrities and to the gingers. We need you to clone him. And there's this whole argument back and forth of, no, I need to know who my father is. I've waited too long. I need to know who my father is. I just need to know. And they're like, no, we got to help him. We got to help Muhammad. So it's this whole back and forth thing. And then the door knocks again. And then it's like, yeah, I need some help. Uh, My car broke down. Uh, I I really need some help. Do you have a phone? And Professor's like, "Uh, sorry. Uh, 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 I'm too busy. You're going to have to go to the gas station. And they're thinking that it's a black person. Like, dude, you're racist. You're being racist. And it's like, it's always the Obama thing. So they open the door and the gingers get in. So now they have, the gingers have Muhammad. But they also have the boys and Dr. Mephisto trapped. And the gingers then show Tom Cruise and the celebrities that they have Muhammad. And this gets Tom Cruise mad. So now we're going to get to a situation where they need to get together to basically figure this out. Meanwhile, at the hall of the super best friends, they get word that Muhammad has been captured and they got to get over to help them. And there's only one way to do it by motorized scooters. (laughs) You you know, I, you, you, you'd think for a group of superheroes, they have more money to, you know, get better equipment. Throw around. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> they get to the town and oh my gosh, we get this great like series of jokes because they're they're trying to beat, you know, Mecha Streisand. There's nothing that works. There's even a part where she has gas coming out of her uh, vagina that affects the guys. So it's like, okay, what what can we do? What, you know, how are we going to do this? And then one of them suggests, why don't we have Mecha Streisand perform a duet with Neil Diamond? Mm-hmm. She can't refuse to do that. Mm-hmm. So they come up with this plan, like Jesus is going to build a stage. A couple of the others are going to do this. A couple others are going to do that. And Seaman is going to use Swallow to help take care of the situation. 
Oh my god, it is so funny. Because, you know, the whole joke keeps going. And then at the end, Seaman is like, Swallow, come. <laughs> and they just laugh. <laughs> and then Moses... It is so funny. It is. And then yeah. Moses... Who is back at the, you know, at the at the hall? He's like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> it's so funny. Mm -hmm. It is so funny. Um, <laughs> real quick, b before we go further, I I'm looking up Barbara Streisand Neil Diamond uh, duets. I only found one that they did. Maybe there's more. Uh, they did a song called You Don't Bring Me Flowers from 1978. Uh, made it to number one in the U.S. Because I guess that's the power of Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, yeah. Yes. No, I, I, I was thinking uh, Islands in the Stream, but that's Dolly Parton. And, yeah, that's uh, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Yeah, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Which I actually heard the other day. It's been a long time since I've heard that one. Oh, it's such a good song. Of course, that song I, helped influence Ghetto Superstars. <laughs> yes, yes. Ghetto Superstars! No, I'm not going to sing that for you guys. Uh, okay, so back to the episode. Um, so, the ginger, That's such a random thing. I know, that's such a random thing we just talked about. <laughs> But that's Sorry. what makes the show great. Yeah. So, now the Gingers have Stan, Kyle, Kenny, Tide, kind of in prison. They got Dr. Mephesto, and, you know, they're like, where's Cartman? Where? What have you done with him? And one of them's like, oh, he's somewhere else, all right. He's with the head Ginger. So, Cartman is in this giant hall and he's looking and he doesn't know where he is. He's got a flashlight and he doesn't know where he is. And then all of a sudden lights pop up and then we see the words Chili Con Festival or Chili Con Carnival. And Carmen's like, huh, that's familiar. <laughs> and then we see Scott Tennerman. Scott Tennerman! And Scott Tennerman has become this insane teenage boy. And he is going to destroy Cartman mentally. And he does all this different stuff to him. He has him on these rides and he's torturing him verbally and it's like okay he's probably got the best of them or so we think meanwhile jesus is done building the stage and krishna now forms into neil diamond <laughs> and he and mecca streisand start to perform and when I mean by start to perform, I mean one sings, the other goes. Arr! 
So the celebrities, have, they're able now to get Muhammad by making a deal. The gingers and the celebrities are going to share. And the celebrities have this goo transfer machine. <coughs> and with this machine, they are able to take the goo and transfer it into another person. So that way they can't be made fun of. So Tom Cruise obviously has to be the first one to do it. Of course. Of course. So he does, and he now is censored. He cannot be touched. So then other people want to be next, but the gingers want to be next. And this is where we have the fight between the gingers and the celebrities. Meanwhile, the super best friends come in with Stan, Kyle, and Kenny. So the kids get saved. Mm -hmm. And they get involved. But then we go back to Scott and Cartman. And there are different adults there. There's Jimbo, Dr. Mephesto, Mr. Garrison's there. Even Cartman's mom is there. And they... You know, because remember, we said in the last episode, you know, when they said the original result, it was to be protected. And it's like the thought is, oh, they're protecting Cartman. Well, not exactly. Because, you see, it wasn't Cartman that was being protected. It was the Denver Broncos that were being protected. <laughs> so, to do a quick flashback, for those that either A, don't know, or B, might have forgotten, at the end of season one, when they did the DNA test, one of the possible candidates were the 1989 Denver Broncos. <sighs> And Mr. Garrison's like, we had to do it. They were having a good season. They did end up going to the Super Bowl, but lost 55-10 to 10 to the San Francisco 49ers that year. But anyway, then Scott talks about a guy who was on that Denver Broncos team. He was an offensive lineman. His name was Jack Tennerman. And Jack, he, for a better term, had a one-night stand with Cartman's mom. Oh, no! Mm-hmm. Oh, no! Not him! Yeah, from the drunken barn dance. So, <clears throat> nine months later, she gives birth to Cartman. But they couldn't let everybody know that Jack Tennerman was the father. Because it would ruin, you know, the Broncos. It would hurt the team if they found out. But who is Jack Tennerman? Well, Jack Tennerman is the father of Scott Tennerman. Which means 
Jack Tennerman is Cartman's father, and Cartman killed mm-hmm. his own father in season five. And yeah. <laughs> so Scott and Cartman are half brothers. Yeah. And Cartman can't believe this. He is in shock. So now, now that we know who Cartman's father is, back to the fight. And we get a scene where Seaman is on top of Tom Cruise. And Stan makes the comment, look, Tom Cruise has Seaman on his back. And as soon as he says it, the censored box is off of Tom Cruise. Everybody stops. And they all laugh. And Tom Cruise doesn't get it. He just does not get it. He thought he was free. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you're all waiting for the uncensored version of the speech from episode 201. Because... Shall I censor it? Should I go... Beep! <laughs> like, the right. whole time you do it, yeah. So, remember how Car- or, uh, Tom Cruise thought that there was goo inside of Muhammad? Mm-hmm. Well, Kyle's speech begins with That's because there is no goo, Mr. Cruz. You see, I learned something today. Throughout the whole ordeal, we've all wanted to show things that we weren't allowed to show. But it wasn't because of some magic goo. It was because of the magical power of threatening people with violence. That's obviously the only true power. If there's anything we've all learned... It's that terrorizing people works. To which Jesus then says, That's right. Don't you see, Gingers? If you don't want to be made fun of anymore, all you need are guns and bombs to get people to stop. And then Santa says, That's right, friends. All you need to do is instill fear to be willing to hurt people, and you can get whatever you want. The only true power is violence. To which Stan says, yeah. (laughs) Yep. I think I get why they censored it, but then again, I... No, it's weird. Yeah, it, it is. So, then Scott Turnerman... Uh, jetpacks out of there because of the super best friends and they're like who's that person so now after Mecha Streisand is done the mayor says alright it's time to rebuild the city for the 39th time and then there's Cartman sitting on a gurney crying and Stan, Kyle, and Kenny are there. And they try to comfort him. And it's like, oh, are you crying because you killed your father? Carmen's like, no. I'm crying because 
I'm half ginger. And this drives Kyle absolutely nuts. And, oh, it's so funny. And then Mitch Connor says, you know what, Cartman? You know what you also are? You're half Bronco. And that means that you're pretty cool because you're a half Bronco. And they have one last goodbye and Mitch Connor is gone. And then Tom Cruise is sitting on the side of the street and he's crying because he doesn't want to live in a place where people are going to mock him because that's all people do is mock him. And they're like, actually, we know a place. And as a matter of fact, we can get you there. So what is that special place? The moon. And there lies the corpse of Tom Cruise next to the corpse of Wilziax from the Free Wilziax episode. And that is the end of 201. Wow. Yep. That's wow, indeed. It is. Okay, Fro. It is indeed. Uh... Your thoughts on the episode and your grade. Oh, I wish I could give this an episode at 11. <laughs> um, this is, no joke, actually the essential episode of South Park. I think this is, uh, like I said last week, uh, that there, there's something in the way that they are not e- even trying very hard to be controversial. Mm-hmm. It's just like people are are watching it as controversial because of religion. Yeah. And I, I, I can't count how many times they have made fun of Mormonism, Scientology, uh, Jewishism, uh, and now have the guts to go after like Islam. I, I salute them. I really do. And uh, airing this episode with uh, so much restrictions it's not their fault. It's the company's fault. Yeah. And I understand why they had to do it uh, from their point of view. I don't agree to it because freedom is, uh, of speech is uh, very important for me. So, yeah, no, I think this is, uh, I, I think this is as South Park as it gets. And that is what I love about it. It, it, it revolves the, the story uh, further and it creates an ending to a story that they they it's very clear that they thought uh, out and uh, i think this is a more funny episode than the last one and yeah that uh, gathered with the censorship they met met in this episode yeah 10 out of 10 i'm going to say first off between the two this is the better of the two. I think 201 is the much better of the two. Like you said, Fro, because because of the restrictions, it's not Parker and Stone's fault. It's Comedy Central that did this. 
because Comedy Central was so afraid. And it's like, what do you do at that point, you know? And this episode is a home run of an episode. It is so Mm -hmm. good. You get everything wrapped up, basically. And the speech, like, just reading the speech was like, oh, my God, why would you not let this one air? How, you know, why wouldn't you? It just doesn't make any sense. I originally had this at a nine. I am bumping this to a 10. This is a 10 for me. Mm. This is a fantastic episode. This might be the best episode of the entire season. This really might be. Um, you know who else thought that this was really good? The Academy of Motion Arts and Sciences. Because this episode was nominated for an Emmy in 2010 for Outstanding Animated Program. Unfortunately, it did not win the award. So we're going to do a little game, Fro. Okay. I'm going to read to you, in alphabetical order, the other four nominees. Okay. You have to tell me which one ended up winning the award. But it's not South Park. It's not South Park, unfortunately. Okay, cool. Was it Alien Earths? Prep and Landing, the Ricky Gervais show, the episode Knob at Night, or The Simpsons, the episode Once Upon a Time in Springfield? The Simpsons. Surprisingly, no, it is not. Ooh. It is Prep and Landing. What is Prep and Landing? <laughs> All right. This is... no, I'm I, I'm not joking. No, what I, is no, that? I'm going to read it to you. What I've never heard of it in my entire life. It is a half-hour Christmas special that aired for what on show? ABC. It's its own special. All right. And trip and landing. So cool. I'll, I'll read you the plot. Okay. Wayne, a Christmas elf is part of an elite organization known as Prep and Landing, whose job is to ready millions of homes around the world for Santa Claus's visit. After working with Prep and Landing for 227 years, Wayne looks forward to getting promoted to director of the Naughty List. Instead, his former partner and trainee, Peterson, gets the promotion. Wayne is introduced to Lanny, a freshly graduated rookie, whom Wayne has to also train. Wayne is still bitter about the promotion and decides to slack off during a mission. He permits Lanny to do all of the work, which is disastrous. Meanwhile, Santa is informed mid-flight of a massive snowstorm and that Wayne and Lanny have not fully prepared the house yet. He is told to cancel the landing, which has never happened before. They promise Mm -hmm. to make it up for Timmy, a boy living at the house. 
Wayne and Lanny discovered that the rerouting was a final decision. But after hearing Timmy thank them in his sleep, Wayne decides to fix it. He, call, he calls okay. up Santa, telling him that he must land at Timmy's house. Wayne, of course. Wayne and Lanny then work together to land Santa safely on Timmy's roof. On Christmas morning, Santa shows Wayne that Timmy had a Merry Christmas. Santa offers a promotion to Wayne as the director of the nice list, but he turns it down so he can work with Lanny. Cool. This features the voice acting of Dave Foley, Derek Richardson, and Sarah Chalk. So yeah, that's what beats South Park for an Emmy. For Best Outstanding Animated Program. I don't really want to see it. <laughs> it's it's more of a kid thing, obviously. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, let's get to ratings and other stuff. This episode, in its original broadcast, was watched by 3.5 million viewers, making it the most watched cable TV show that night. Nice. Sean O'Neill of the AV Club said that 201 was an improvement over 200, but nevertheless felt 201 was, a less, was less a cohesive episode than a grab bag of balls-out crazy scenes and cameos only loyal fans would really appreciate. However, he also said it's sure to become one of, if not the most talked about South Park ever. Yep. Even after Comedy Central announced they were responsible for the censorship in the episode, he speculated as to whether it was possibly a publicity stunt by Parker and Stone to create controversy and increase viewership. Ramsey Eisler of IGN said the episode built on the events of 200 and delivered a strong payoff, particularly with the subplot about Cartman's father and the way it tied back to Scott Turnerman Must Die. Eisler said the bleeps added by Comedy Central provided some unintentional laughs and underscored the episode's underlying theme of opposing censorship. So, we're now going to talk about the response to censorship. According to Zogby International Survey conducted after the episode aired, a majority of Americans opposed Comedy Central's censorship of the episode. 71% disagreed with the network's decision to censor the episode. With yeah, only me and one being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> with only 19% agreeing with the decision. 47% of those who disagreed with the censorship said they disagreed strongly with only... 5% agreeing that they felt strongly. Some commentators suggested, because Comedy Central excuse me, responded to Revolution Muslims' warnings by censoring depictions of Muhammad, the Muslim extremists scored a significant public victory. Michael Kavna of the Washington Post wrote, to invoke the revivified phrase the terrorists win. Toronto Sun columnist Mike Strobel pointed out Revolution Muslim is a relatively small group of a half dozen wannabe Osamas, but said because of Comedy Central's response, the loonies and terrorists win one. 
no doubt they'll try this stunt again. Likewise, Jean Morbella of the Baltimore Sun said, it's not even that the terrorists have won, it's that wannabe terrorists have won. Margaret Went of the Globe and Mail said the censorship of the episode could be the lowest point in the history of American TV and that it represented a gravitation toward fear in a post-September 11 attacks world. Patrick Goldstein, a columnist for the Los Angeles Times, said that said there were no easy answers and that he was not surprised Comedy Central took the threat seriously, but added, in a democracy, artists and political satirists should be allowed to say what they believe, even if it offends some of its audience. Roger Catlin of the Hartford Courant suggested Comedy Central actually drew more attention to the Muhammad controversy, not less, by censoring the episode. Eugene Volok, who is a professor at UCLA's School of Law, said Comedy Central's actions risk empowering other extremists. The consequence of this position is that the thugs win and people have more incentive to be thugs. There are lots of people out there who would very much like to get certain kind of material removed, whether religious or political. The more they see others winning, the more they will be likely to do the same. Behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. So would that mean that this group started the cancel culture movement? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Mm-hmm. 17 Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonists protested the threats in a petition released April 27th. Among the signatures were those of Gary Trudeau, Mark Fior, Tony Auth, David Horsey, and Paul Sepp. The petition stated, We, the undersigned, condemned, or condemned the recent threats against the creators of South Park, Matt Stone, and Trey Parker by the extremist organization Muslim Revolution. Freedom of expression is a universal right, and we reject any group that seeks to silence people by violence or intimidation. In the United States, we have a proud tradition of political satire and believe in the right to speak or draw freely without censorship. During the April 22nd broadcast of The Daily Show, John Stewart responded to the censorship with a 10-minute monologue about the death threats, expressing disgust toward Revolution Muslim, culminating with a song telling Revolution Muslims to go fuck themselves. Stewart criticized Comedy Central's decision to alter the episode while simultaneously acknowledging they likely did so to protect their employees from possible harmful repercussions. Bill Maher, host of Real Time with Bill Maher, said the threats against 201 demonstrated the importance of the First Amendment and other American civil liberties, and said, when South Park got threatened last week by Islamists incensed at their depiction of Muhammad, it served, or should serve, as a reminder that our culture isn't just different than one that makes death threats to cartoonists. It's better. He added jokingly, if you don't get that and you still want to kill someone over a stupid cartoon, please make it Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> I take it he's not a fan of Garfield. Uh, 
No, but I, I kind of agree. Mm-hmm. As a result of Revolution Muslim's statement, Seattle cartoonist Molly Norris suggested that many people draw and publish pictures of Muhammad on May the 20th, which she dubbed the first annual Everybody Draw Muhammad Day. However, very few cartoonists actually joined her in criticizing Islam or depicting the Prophet Muhammad. Instead, much like uh, Marr and Stewart, they merely praised her for her efforts and condemned the idea of censorship. Norris herself went into hiding shortly thereafter on the advice of the FBI. Animated comedy series Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane voiced his ambivalence on the part of the creative community saying, no one is a bigger critic of organized religion than I am. But nevertheless, added, it's tricky. You pick your battles. You have to judge how real the threat is against how funny the joke is. How much do I care about the joke? And the Simpsons also addressed the apparent hypocrisy of those who claim to stand with South Park in a chalkboard gag during the opening sequence of the April 25th episode, The Squirt and the Whale, with Bart Simpson writing, South Park, we'd stand beside you if we weren't so scared. In 2016, or in a 2016 oral history of South Park and The Hollywood Reporter, Vernon Chapman, the voice of Towley, as well as a writer and producer on the show, said that after Comedy Central censored the episode... Trey Parker purchased a ticket to South Africa and showed it to the head of the network as a threat because Dave Chappelle had fled to Africa, but Parker never actually went. Okay, so it is near 12 years since mm. this episode and 200 aired. I'm going to ask this not as as a fan of the show, but as I, I, I guess more into television because you and I we, we know our television really good. Right. It has been almost twelve years since these two episodes have aired. Mm -hmm. Should these episodes be put back up on TV, or are we? like too far into it that it'll never come up or is it too soon and we need more time before it could ever come up? Sadly, I don't think it will happen. Uh, and the reason why I say that is, uh, I say, I think sadly there, uh, like I said last episode, it, it, we are in a Vogue uh, timeline now where everything is offensive. Mm -hmm. And if we thought this was offensive 12 years ago, it is even more offensive today if it was going to be re-released. Re re so I don't think it will happen. Should it happen? Yes. I agree with you that it should happen, but because of the cancel culture you know, movement and society that we live in today, I don't see it ever happening. Like, 
the only way that I do see people watching this episode, or these two episodes actually, is by getting the DVD, by getting mm-hmm. the Blu-ray. And then if you want to hear the speech, you're going to have to go into the internet. You know, you I'm sure the speech is up on YouTube. I would not be surprised if it is. Um, it's unfortunate that we do live in a society where even the smallest joke can be taken as offensive and, you know, we can, in a way, we kind of cannot have fun anymore. And like I said, in a joking way, but also in a serious kind of way, maybe if we pinpoint the exact moment of where cancel culture began, this could be it. Yeah. These two episodes could be the reason why we have the cancel culture movement as it is today. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not Trey Parker and Matt Stone's fault. No, it's not. Comedy Central basically gave in to these threats. And, of course, there are some threats that are more real than others. And you got to kind of pick, you know, which threat is the real threat. And they thought that this was a legit real threat, even though we talked about it's really nothing more than a small group. So it it is what it is. There's nothing Mm. we can do. All right. So let's go to IMDB now and see what they thought of this week's episode. Again, over 2000 people have rated this episode. The average Mm -hmm. rating is an 8.8 out of 10. 854 people gave this a 10, which is the grade you and I both gave it this week. 500 people gave it a 9. 349 people gave it an 8. And 79 people gave it a 1. To break it down into demographics, the average rating for males is an 8.7, with its highest demographic being under 18, with an average rating of a 9.7. Meanwhile, the average rating for females is an 8.5, with its highest demographic being 45 and over, with an average rating of a 9.2. So again, another very well-liked episode. And again, we only have two reviews. Kind of surprising. I thought there'd be more. Uh, So this first one that I'm going to read is from Andres Lopez, who wrote, I loved the episode. I think it is the most controversial episode in South Park history. I think the most awesome part of the episode was the Cartman father subplot. Father. Father, yeah. I think the fact of Cartman's father is also Scott Tennerman's father is shocking. I also love the jokes around Tom Cruise and Seaman. Sorry, it's Seaman. I think it was an awesome continuation after 200, and it revealed some of the most unsolved questions on South Park history. 
I rate it 9 out of 10, and I think no one can set a lower score to this episode. The other review is from Gangsta Hippie. Never heard about them. <laughs> Gangsta Hippie wrote, This episode would probably have to be the most controversial in South Park history. After the episode 200, Trey and Matt received death threats from various extremist Muslim groups. Due That's to him this, calling now. Yeah, that probably is. Due mm -hmm. to this, Comedy Central censored the episode greatly by bleeping all the references to the name Muhammad and even Kyle's final speech at the end. The episode is basically a continuation of the previous episode with the people of South Park trying to decide whether to give Muhammad to the gingers or the celebrities. Meanwhile, Cartman finds out who his father, and the twist is very shocking to say the least. Many characters and plot points are re-reinforced in the episode. Overall, 201 is an excellent follow-up to an excellent two-part episode. Alright, so let's wrap it on this one question, Fro. Is 201 the most controversial episode in South Park history. Yes. I would have to agree, but, you know, sometimes the controversy can make something great, and mm -hmm. this episode is great. I love, love this episode. I really do. Can't say anything better to praise it. Um, bro, tell us, uh, for those who want to hear more of you, where can they find you podcast wise? Oh, you can't. I don't have a podcast. Do I? Do I have? Oh, oh, another digital citizen. Yeah. I have it with, uh, one of my best friends, Luke. Mm -hmm. What a man. Very fun what a man, guy. What a man, what a man, what a man. What, what a fun guy he is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as always, bro, thank you for being on. Um, maybe we'll get you on for the 300th episode, which... Maybe. Which, if, you know, because now we're getting to the point where the seasons are going to get shorter. Mm hmm May not take as long as it did to get the 200. So. <laughs> we will see. Yep. We will see. You guys can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you can follow us on Facebook. You can join our Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar, and you're right there. And if you can't find us, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. So, next time around, we hit the halfway point of season 14 how can we top the previous two episodes by going to summer camp <laughs> yes summer camp but not just any ordinary summer camp it's a summer camp for Jimmy and Timmy because the episode is crippled summer that is the next episode on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. And you know, 
before we do wrap it up, and I was just thinking about this, Fro, and normally we don't, on this show, talk about the time, you know, that this episode airs, but uh, this episode is airing on a very special day today, December 31st. It is New Year's Eve 2021. Uh, it has been a fantastic year for South Park with the second special on Comedy Central and then the two movies on Paramount+. Plus. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's only fitting for you and I to wrap up 2021 of South Park the only way we can by wishing everybody a safe, healthy, and happy new year. And we will see, or we will have you guys hopefully continue to listen to us in 2022 and beyond happy new year everyone happy new year i'll talk to you all next week on sharks pond a south park podcast bye hey you're gonna give me that bottle of champagne there yes Yes. oh thank you oh